This is a Teofil Rewind. Um, I'm Pastor Keelis. Um, I am, I guess, I'm a co-pastor um, of the youth and youth ministries with Pastor Sam. Um, Inuka and I, ooh, we got a long story, but um, we'll, we'll get to know that. Um, we we actually originally met when I did not know Jesus, and um, I actually never paid attention to her because at this time in my life, there was a typical type of girl that I went after, and um, she she seemed a little too on the good side, so I, I didn't pay her much attention. And later on, as you know, Christ got hold of my heart, you know, it's like, dang, where was she? She was she was there all along. What? And um, our relationship really, we we've known each other 16 years. Um, seven, more than that. Going on 17 years. Yeah. Um, the joke is we've known each other for 30 years, but we not really. But um, we we love God. Um, we love relationship. We love love. And one of the big things about us is we're we're a promoter of of Christ-like relationships because we think they're the it's the only quote unquote fairy tale ending you'll ever have is when two individuals are going after Jesus and if husband or you know wife dating if you both are going after Jesus you will always meet at the best place okay. um, so that's what we believe in and we're excited to kind of um, dive into our own experience and to share with you um, yeah yeah and this July will be eight years eight years eight years man so all about the grace of God so, yeah yeah talk louder than that by the way can you hear us Am I talking too low? Okay. Oh, you're good right there. Yeah, and I get loud, so you know. <laughs> no, you're I'm, good I'm at that. Okay, <laughs> All right. So we will go ahead and let Nick and Manushka introduce themselves. Hey, I'm Nick. Uh, this is my wife, Manushka. We've been married for four years in November. Um, uh, we've known each other for longer than I know, so I can't really speak to that. Um, we are from Tailfield, so a lot of you guys do know us. Uh, we met at Tailfield. We got married at Tailfield. Um, there was a little bit, well, it was two years? Two years that we were long distance when I had moved to Texas for a little while for work. Um, but I'm back. We're back, back in Atlanta, so I'm glad to be part of the panel. Oh, well, yeah, I'm Manushka. Um, we had been dating since 2014, um, you know, friends before that, and, um, you know, had a cheap shot, and, you know, it worked out. <laughs> but yeah, we're excited to be on this panel. Thanks, Nick and Manushka. And I believe I saw Andy, who is another panelist, um, and Oh, he's still connecting. Um, so what I'll do is I'll introduce him whenever he gets kind of finalized in. It's still a little trippy. All right, so I'm gonna jump right in to things. So I'm pulling from questions that um, were submitted um, previously in like February and gonna pull from some of the questions that were submitted um, to our panelists. Um, through the registration process. And so one of the first questions, I think, um, is to Mirtha. Um, and the question is, what are some critical steps to take before dating? 
Well, geez, KJ. <laughs> well, I mean, well, yes, I guess that's a good question to start off with. Um, so for me, like I said, I was single um, for five years. And like in that, in that time frame, I would say the most important thing um, that I realized, you know, you should be working on toward before you just don't want to get into dating someone serious, not just for fun, because, you know, I feel like with all things, especially dating, you need to be intentional about the person that you're wanting to pursue and be with. Um, so first and foremost, you know, really just nurturing and growing and being intentional about um, spending time with God and getting to know him and fostering that relationship. Because I mean, at the end of the day, that's the most important relationship you'll ever have in life, you know, outside of your future husbands, boyfriends, whatever, you know, that is the most important thing you need to be like really working on and, you know, putting your focus towards before you actually are serious about dating and being with someone because once you know who you are in Christ, you know, you're able to just discern things better and know how to um, just react to certain situations that does come up relationally and just, you know, have the wisdom and the guidance that you need to be able to um, foster a healthy relationship with the individual you, you may or may not end up dating. Um, so I think that's like a really um, important critical step before taking date before dating someone and also I know if I can speak for myself personally um you know if you have went through an ex extended period of time where you um are single um and, you, and prior to that you were like in different relationships and things like that I know for me there are just a lot of things that I had to work through and heal through emotionally and so the, again praying through that and making sure that you're at a good healthy place and being able to um communicate um you know, the things that, you know, have affected you in the past and how you're wanting to grow and be better and do better in your next relationship with a person that you, uh, you know, may end up dating. And so those were like very, two, two really important things for me that I had to um, work on and foster in um, my single season, um, for sure. I mean, it's still like an ongoing process. This is not something that stops once you start dating someone. I mean, it goes on through your whole life, really. Um, but like I said, for me, these are the things that I know I wanted to establish and develop. Um, in my single season and um yeah it's you know it's been working out so far so i'm you know by the grace of god um so yeah those are some critical steps i would say you should take before healing um fostering a relationship with god um and yeah just just doing the work that you need to do to be you know the future husband and wife that you know you're wanting to be uh because i hope that is the goal for anyone who wants to date is <laughs> to become a future husband and wife you know we are not dating for fun around here you should be intentional about all the things that you are doing in your life and so yeah um those are some steps i would say are you know very important to take so that's my little two cents on that yes yes yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because i think in the in the beginning i wanted to make sure that everyone is yeah. clear that this is all in the christian context we're talking Amen. about dating <laughs> so if that's not your context then all of this might not be for you um no. it might be you know helpful for you but it's it's it, this is all in, within the christian context um and i already have a question that popped up in my head i'm just <laughs> probably gonna be a terrible facilitator because things are just <laughs> um but again everyone feel free to send uh questions to me but you mentioned discernment and this question is open to any of the panelists um so discernment is important when um dating when starting a, a romantic relationship with someone um and i think a question that came up to my mind was um, in considering like discernment and who you should marry, who you should be in a relationship with, what are some specific, I guess, let's see, how can I word this? 
So let's say you know that you're going to date someone who's Christian and they mm -hmm. have that relationship with Christ. If that's the case, then that means everyone who's Christian could date anyone who's a Christian. It would just work, right? right? But there are other things that go into play in a relationship um, alongside a person's foundation with Christ. And um, how do you utilize discernment to assess those things, to evaluate an individual? And this is open to all of the panelists. Oh, okay. <laughs> and let me know that can I, can I, clarity. I, mm -hmm. I'll jump in. I'll jump in on this one. Um, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I, I think that if we're talking about discernment, we got to talk about how do you get discernment, right? Mm -hmm. So every believer, unfortunately, um, does not possess the same level of discernment. Now, if we're saying discernment, the only way you're going to have discernment is if you have knowledge of God's word. You have knowledge of God's word on, on his character, his being, um, what his desires are, his will, his plan. Through that, and you're, and you're in touch, you're connected to God through his word, then you can have discernment for an individual who you may find attractive. Now, if, God's, if, you, have, if you are connected and you have a communion with God, then you're going to begin to share those desires of what you want in a person that you're looking to date, right? You're going to be sharing that in prayer. You're going to be asking God to reveal these things to you. But like you were saying, it, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you match um, because there's, there's qualities, right? I mean, people like to say, it, you know, attraction is nothing. That's bull crap. I mean, that's horse manure, right? That's the best way I can say it. You have to be attracted to who you you know, you want, you're dating or mm -hmm. the person you're, 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 you know, you want to get in a relationship, but there has to be some type of attraction. Now, it doesn't mean this person has to be a model or, you know, whichever, but, you know, A, you have to be attracted. B, there has to be a, a, a particular character that you're looking for in that individual. Maybe for me, I, if I grew up in a household where I didn't get a lot of love, well, this person may need to be someone who's affectionate, you know? That may be a quality of what I'm looking for. So this person, I, I didn't get a lot of patience. I'm just giving examples. I didn't get a lot of patience when I was in, in a young boy in my household. So maybe I need this person to give me patience. So as, I'm, I, as a believer, it's, it's what, what are your needs? What are, what are the things that you have communicated to God that you need for someone to pour into you that, that those things will communicate that they love you? So you might be someone who needs affection. You might be someone who needs understanding. You might be someone who needs leadership and guidance because maybe in your family history, in your past, you didn't get those things. So those are the things that you're attracted to. So what are you attracted to? It's good to always come up with a, a list or maybe things that you, that you know for sure are non-negotiables, right? For me, A, my non-negotiable was I got to be attracted to her, <laughs> you know? And when I say attraction, I'm not talking about like legs, butt, chest. No, I'm talking about overall being. Like, what does she believe? Who is, she, you know, who is Inuka? Who is Inuka when you, when you talk about person? So who is that person in and through? And then, of course, you know, that inside overflows to the beauty on the outside. So what is it that you're looking for? Because you can't be attracted to somebody and you don't know what you're looking for. So at the end of the day, the sermon is going to come through your relationship with God. And then what you have asked of God and what God has revealed back to you is say, you know what, this is what you should be looking for. And then you're going to know. But if you are not in touch with God, you won't have discernment. Yes, yes. I'm here for it. 
Um, thank you for answering my impromptu question already. <laughs> um, so Andy is here, I see you. So we're gonna go ahead and introduce, um, Andy can introduce himself. Um, so just tell us your name, a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your um, relationship, sort of whether you're single, married, engaged, that kind of stuff. All right, hey guys. Uh, name's Anderson Constant. Um, so, describe my okay. So I graduated from Kennesaw State um, uh, in July. So right now I'm just uh, working, planning on getting a certification and all these things to move forward in my career. Um, my relationship status is single. So. Thanks, Andy. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna <laughs> jump to the next question. Is it okay for a Christian to date a non-Christian? And we will start with Dion um, answering this question. All right. The simple, straightforward answer is no. It is not okay for a Christian to date a non-Christian. Um, when it's going into the relationship, when you're entering the relationship, when you're pursuing the relationship. Now, we know scripture speaks on cases where there are um, the case where one spouse is a believer and the other spouse is an unbeliever and how you should um, handle yourself in that situation. But we're talking about as prior to entering a marriage or a relationship, um, I would say no. Um, we know that um, as Christians, um, we have the Holy Spirit within us. Um, and therefore, as Christians, we should have a biblical worldview um, because our faith is foundational to who we are. Um, it gives us the worldview and it gives us the framework in which we live our lives, in which we make decisions. And so if we are fundamentally different um, in our worldviews, um, in our foundation, then we, we won't have a relationship that will stand. Um, you know, relationships obviously deal with trial, um, adversity, all that stuff. Obviously, there's joy and there's, there's all those things, too. But there are times of trial. Um, and if you're not standing on the same foundation, the rock, which is Christ Jesus, um, then weathering those storms will be nearly impossible to do. And so um, scripture also tells us to be to not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Um, and so um, a yoke, uh, kind of these farm uh, animal um, references um, is uh, where two oxen is this this one. Um, piece of equipment where two oxen are together they're tied together basically and they they work together they pull a cart together there so they have to be going in the same direction in order to to work and so in order to do things properly they can't go in two different directions and um ultimately when it comes to the christian faith um there's no really gray areas and um, what i mean by that is you are either for god in Christ or you are against God. There's no like neutral people. <laughs> um, and I know sometimes, you know, if we're not careful, we can kind of put people in a neutral category, um, but that's not true. <laughs> Either you're for God or you're against God. And so therefore, if you are in Christ and are for God, you don't want to be yoked to someone who is an enemy of God. If you are a child of God, you want to be yoked with someone who is also a child of God. And so, um, short answer, no, <laughs> um, but like I said, more detailed is 
you have to have the same foundation and, and the same faith um, in order to be able to weather those storms, in order to really to be obedient, to not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Um, and so that would be my answer. Yes, yes, I'm here for it. I'm here for it all. Um, I have a question that kind of popped up, but you kind of answered it with the neutral stuff. So I was going to try and throw that in there for the people, you know, who are like, well, what if, you know, they're working on themselves and, um, you know, somebody that you're interested in, they go to church, um, you know, and they, you know, they'd be, they be at church on Sunday and they go, um, is that, you know, enough? Is that good enough? Is that um, appropriate? So, but you, you, you already covered it. You already covered my improv kind of question. If you wanted to add on that, um, then that's fine. Uh, yeah, I would add, I would say um, you can keep your eye on that person. <laughs> you can watch them. Um, um, and But maybe, you know, you don't want to spend too much time doing that, though. You don't want to get caught on one person that's not pursuing the Lord or is not fully there and you miss somebody else. <laughs> um, and so uh, maybe a, a appropriate distance um if you're not um being pursued by anybody else or pursuing anybody else um but yeah you don't want to enter into that until you are sure that um you are sharing the same faith and are on the same page and they're at the similar maturity levels and all that kind of thing yeah that's good that's really good all right um so my next question let's see who i want to throw it to Let's throw it to Andy. I'm going out of order on my list too. I'm trying to work it to where we're starting about the beginnings of the relationship and those kind of things. And then we'll start moving towards um, it actually being in a relationship and stuff. Um, for Andy, one of my questions or one of the questions that was asked is what are some things that you should never negotiate in a relationship? Um, and that can be sort of globally, like as a Christian, and then maybe throw in some things that are non-negotiables, maybe for you. Um, so for me, well, the biggest thing for me would be like the religion thing. And that kind of goes personally too, because I've actually been through that. There was um, someone that I was with before where we started out with me thinking we were on the same page, kind of going back to what uh, Dion was saying. And, um, but later on, it was like the person was basically trying to get me to compromise on um, things that I hold dear to me in my, in my Christianity. So one of them being sex, right? Which is a huge one. So um, it was constant, like, you know, at first it was like a thing where, well, um, we don't have to um, basically trying to, um, basically not run me away type of thing, but it would always kind of come up every now and then, right? So that was one of those big things. And it, like, just trying to stay with that person and knowing that um, they didn't, weren't on the same page or just didn't like respect the, the fact that I was in, I was so, um, I believe so much in my religion, my faith, um, basically got me to almost compromise in certain things, right? So that was one thing. And then one that's mine, like, that's personal for me um, would be, like, basically the respect thing. One of the biggest things would be um, calling each other out your name, right? Like, you see that everywhere. Like, it's 
it's kind of like normalized in the world today. It's like you see that a lot of couples like they call each other out their names all the time when they get frustrated or uh, angry or whatever. So those two would probably be the biggest things for me, just um, the respect and definitely not compromising on the religion. Nice. That's a, that's a really good point, um, which also made me think about, and I mean, I, I, we're, we're touching on all of these things, um, is I've seen a lot of cases where people will say, they'll, you know, they'll start off talking to someone or whatever, and hey, Junior, <laughs> Um, they'll start talking, uh, talking with someone and they'll, there, there will be an agreement where, um, uh, one individual will say, well, I know you don't want to have sex before marriage. And so I will respect your decision. And then they pursue a relationship with that kind of understanding. Panelists, do we think that that is wise to like continue that relationship? where it's, it's a, I know you don't want to have sex before marriage, um, and so I'm respecting your, dis, like, your decision. Um, that's a tough one. I, I guess it goes back to um, basically where you are in your faith, because something like that, like, it's such a big part of, of Christianity, it's like um if you don't watch like your emotions and all these different things outside of what's in the faith because people kind of let that um dictate their decisions more than what their their belief is right so considering the fact that you love the person and you really care about them um you might end up in a situation where lust takes over or something like that right and it just makes it like that much harder to like keep true to what you believe in if the other person doesn't necessarily believe in the same thing they just they're just like kind of holding back just because of it's something that you want not to say the person is not a good person but it's just more important to you but you don't have that person that's going to keep you accountable mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so that's my take on that yeah, that's good. Actually, if y'all see me writing down, I'm just taking notes of uh, things that I might want to bring up. <laughs> All right, thanks for answering those. Um, okay, so next question is for Nick and Noosh. So the question is, sex is really important. In, I'm going to read it how, how it said, too. Sex is really important in marriage, right? So how do you know you will have a good sex life if you don't have sex before marriage? Risk it? question <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate the facial expressions that go with that thank you thank you <laughs> um i think there's a lot of different ways you can answer this the first part of the question was sex is a really important part of marriage question mark i agree but i also feel like it's not the most important part of marriage i think that um, as a young Christian, sex is like put on a pedestal and you're thinking like, man, it's going to be everything, right? When you, when we get there, it's going to be everything. And it's great. It's fantastic. But like, you're not having sex 24 seven, you still gotta go to work. 
you still got to eat meals together. You still have to have conversations with each other. You still have to have like disagreements with each other. You still like, there is so much that's part of marriage to make sex the deciding factor of a mate or not. Um, uh, the marriage vows like to have and to hold until death do us part, like in sickness and in health, like it's, I don't even think sex is it's not in the vows, right? There's there's no sex in the vows. I'm pretty sure. I I, I mean like, um, uh, yeah. So it is important. It shouldn't be a deciding factor. And like anything, sex is about communication. Um, it's it's a strange communication. I'll be honest with you. Like it, you got to be really comfortable with each other to like be able to speak on like, hey. I would prefer this or I prefer that or so on and so forth. But like, if you're committing to somebody for a lifetime, then you have tons of time to practice and figure it out and get it the way that you both enjoy it. So um, risk it. I, I don't, I don't think that's the answer. I agree. Um, I think it's something that uh, you should wait on. And um especially like in college, it was a question that I constantly got. Um, it was like, why are you waiting? Like, why don't you want to test it before you like get married? And I'm just like, okay, I test it. I don't like it. You think that I'm going to break up with this person because it doesn't work out? Like that didn't make sense to me. And so it's like me as a Christian, I knew like, this is what I believe and I'm going to wait on. And if it's for me, it's for me and we're going to work on it. If it's something that's not going to work out, then it's communication. We're going to talk about it and we're going to move forward. But it wasn't ever a thing that I was like, you know what? Like, deal breaker. yep, sex isn't good. So this is over with. And so <laughs> it was something that like we had talked about and it was something that like after we got married, then, then that was the right time to make that next step. Yes, that's good. Y'all answered all, all components of that question really nicely. Can, can I can I can I piggyback on that? Yes, yeah. please. Um, it's funny because like my wife and I, we always kind of talk about this because um, when before we got married, I had another kid, and so you know I was involved in other relationships, and after being married and like being in a godly union where we're both you know rooted in Christ. You know, one of my greatest regrets, honestly, is sex before marriage. It was empty. It got to the point to where it was just a feeling. And like Nick was saying, you know, and I agree with him and I like 100%. Yes, sex is important, but it's not the only thing in a marriage. There's so much more that builds on sex. Sex is a, a, uh, it's a skill. You develop that over time. And though you might be good in bed, you may not be good in, in good with dealing with your emotions. You might be good in bed, but you're bad with finances. You might be good in bed, but you're a horrible lover. You might be, when I say lover, I'm talking about intimate, you care, you, you listen. Um, you might be good in bed, but you're terrible with your spouse's family. So, I mean, yeah, you're, you're good with sex, but how long is good sex gonna keep you when all these other components are falling apart? And like I said, one of the greatest um, or the most amazing part about sex is when all these other components fall in line and then sex is like the icing on top. That's when it's beautiful. Outside of that, it's empty. It's just something that you do and it's five minutes of fun. And after that, you're like, dang, did I just get something from this person? Ooh, I don't know. Got to get tested. You know, it, it's stressful, 
and and it's not as beautiful and it's definitely something that 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 does not glorify god especially on outside of marriage and and in marriage it's something that's supposed to be like built up and through so many other things so it was empty and until this day it's like you know I, I i think back and i'm like man i wish my wife was the first one yeah and let me add also a uh, shocker i wasn't a virgin when i got married either <laughs> he, he he makes me seem like i'm goody two shoes so i am overall <laughs> but in other areas i was not and um not being a virgin before i got married and uh, having that relationship with men or with that person you give yourself like for a woman you give everything and you think that oh sex is going to keep him boo boo no it's not he's gonna leave he, he's having sex with someone else or someone else you are giving what a woman can give is that to her husband not to any old dude or anybody that says he loves you or says that he's going to stay around no i that was my regret also that i was not a virgin when i got married either so yeah it's it's not what it's cracked up to be it's really not mm -hmm. oh, thank you guys so much this is why we wanted such various experiences i love it um we have a follow-up question actually um and it was submitted and someone asked what if a couple is already having sex but wants to stop or work on not doing that how does someone overcome um, that kind of experience and move forward. And this is for anyone in the panel. I think you have to put certain controls and boundaries in place. There are a lot of, like, in a relationship, it always starts out with, um, and it's like boyfriend, girlfriend, it always starts out with, like, well, I like them. I like who they are, their personality. I like talking to them, being around them. First time you hold their hands like butterflies like oh boy like this is this is like legitimate right and then what you realize is after you hold their hand for so long it no longer feels special right after you kiss them so many times it no longer feels as special like it's, it starts to become very normalized and it, you can't help it like your flesh like who you are as human beings just continues to make you want to do more and more and more it's like you're searching for that that feeling again and it leads down this path and you have to upfront set up some boundaries so that you're not crossing a line that neither of you are comfortable with. So if you're already having sex, then you have to be real with yourself and know, now I'm not gonna go visit her at our apartment because who's stopping us? What's stopping us from like slipping up again? No, I'm not going to um, take her back to my house to watch that net watch Netflix because like, there's always chilling after Netflix. Like I, it, you have you have to be real about it and like know, all right, like we're gonna hang out in public. I'm gonna take you to dinner. I'm gonna drop you off at home. I'm going to like go to the mall with you, whatever the case may be, and then I'm gonna say bye. And like it, it has to be um, um, boundaries that you guys set up in a upfront, not like we just won't do this again. Because I can guarantee you that's not going to be enough to like keep you guys apart. Yeah, that's really good. That's I have a little thing to add yeah. to that. Um, <clears throat> if you're already engaging in sex, um, I agree 100% with the boundaries. Um, that is some very practical um, steps to take. Um, but you, you definitely have to go first to God in repentance 
um, and give it to him. Um, because if you don't, you can, you can carry this guilt with you that that's hard to shake. Um, and you, you'll, it just can create some unhealthy dynamics in you. If you don't give it to God, like if you don't go know that you can take everything that you God already sees everything that you've done anyway, he sees every time you do it. And so go to him and give that to him. Um, repent of that. Ask the Lord by the power of the Holy spirit to give you the strength to fight, to um, maintain um, purity and establish these boundaries that, that you need to be able to walk in a way that is now healthy because you may have, you've already created these unhealthy patterns. So now you kind of got to undo that. Um, and so, um, yeah, definitely take it to God so that he, you, you have that off your conscience. Like you have a clear conscience. You've confessed that to the Lord and you've given that to him. Um, and you both have, um, hopefully that's the case for both of you. Um, and then so you can step forward um, in freedom um, by the power of the Holy Spirit to have the strength to fight the good fight and not to step back into that again. Mm -hmm. That's good. Anyone else wanted to chime in on that one before we move on? Okay. Um, I'll actually chime in because I got a little something. Um, off of that one, um, that question, I think for me, something that I had thought of constantly was like well does the bible like the well, the bible don't say you can't netflix you know at the person's house so that ain't technically a sin and what's right and what's wrong and well that's not that's kind of in that gray area and this and that and i think one thing that was very helpful um for me was identifying okay based off of i think i was listening to a sermon one time um it was very practical and i'm getting some feedback i'm not sure why but um, one of the things that I took away from it was based off of my past experiences and what, I've, what I know, what I've learned, is this the wise decision to make? So now I'm not, I'm not considering, okay, well, I don't see that, what specific scripture says that? Now I'm asking myself, well, what is the wise decision here for me based off of my experiences, what I've seen other people go through, what I know, what the Bible says, is this is it wise to you know watch like a movie at like 10 11 p.m with this person at like my apartment and that kind of stuff and then you then you have to sit with yourself and you either say yeah 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 i can do that and you know it ain't wise or you can say um you can say ah, i guess but uh, maybe that's not the wisest thing to do i mean i think i found that to be very helpful um for myself all right so we have another question um, and we will jump to Martha. Start with Martha again. Um, is it better to date or to take your time and know how the person is as a friend? So I'm guessing like this yeah. question is saying like, should you know the person as a friend first before you date? Or um, is it possible to like meet someone and then just you know start kind of that, that dating courtship process? Um. I'm gonna just go off experience here. Um, for me, I never actually went into a relationship or dated someone without getting to know them first. Um, I feel like that is something you should definitely establish and nurture before you start to date someone. I mean, I would hope you know you like them, <laughs> you know, before you actually start to date them. You know what I mean? And the only way you get to know someone, you know, their ins and outs, their quirks, what annoys you about them or you know what you can tolerate or whatever is through getting to know them first 
and definitely establishing a friendship because friendship is definitely i feel like um you know i feel not i feel like it is the foundation of any true relationship i mean you would you should want to be good friends with the person you're with i mean that establishes um trust intimacy you know you want to know like you can have a good time with that person that they can they are um you know good communicators like when you talk to them they listen um they can talk to you about anything and you know they feel like you're you know you're listening and wanting to help them so yeah i would say for sure you know get up i'm not and there's no, there's no timeline to figure out like how long you should quote unquote get to know a person before you date them i mean you know it's different for everybody you know but for sure definitely making sure that you at least like this person and that um you guys are friends um because that's what's really going to like um help in the longevity relationship you know that um building on that friendship which also builds into obviously the relational aspect and then also into marriage you know what i mean um so yeah i would say yes please be friends with the person you <laughs> for sure so that's what i'd say to that one thanks yeah. mm -hmm. uh, i think we have a follow-up question Okay. Um, oh, actually, yeah, follow up kind of two kind of questions with the same um, idea. So is it okay for a Christian to use a dating app to find someone? Or um, how does this kind of work in the age of technology and, and dating apps? So and this is up to anyone um, in the panel. I have no experience with dating apps. So I honestly do not know <laughs> what. Um how that works. I don't think there's anything wrong with it though. To per se, honestly, I just feel like it's all about what it is like you are, you know, being what are you being intentional about when you're going on this dating app, you know? Are you just like gonna see like a whole bunch of different guys and be like, oh, okay, I can try with this one, this one, this one, that one, this one, that one, and keep getting disappointed. You know what I mean? Are you really when you do see someone like on this dating app, like, oh, are you praying about that person? Are you, you know, coming to God? Um coming before God about that person to see if you should pursue dating them and things like that. You know, there's no, you know, one way, you know, trial, not, not trial, one way, um, what is it? Way. Yeah, I guess to meet a person, like there's so many different options you have now and stuff like that. And so if dating, if a dating app works for you, great. I mean, there have been, there are successful marriages and relationships off of dating apps. It's not impossible to happen, but with all things, you definitely have to be intentional and purposeful about where, why you're doing that. And like I said, definitely praying through it too as well. If you do see someone on that app that you want to pursue or a relationship with um, so that you don't, you know, keep getting into constant disappointments. Cause that, I feel like that will happen. You know, like the whole swipe left, right thing. Isn't that like Tinder or something? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't want that to be like, you're just like the only thing that you're like doing and just, I guess, messing up the way you think about dating and stuff like that. You just want it to be genuine and pure and just you know realizing when it becomes too much or too toxic for you if that's something that you are doing um and just reevaluating if that's something you need to continue doing for sure um but sure if dating app works for you go ahead you know i <laughs> i don't have a problem with it honestly so yeah. thanks any other people um either well, i don't know if y'all have experience with using dating apps or know of a couple or anyone who might have gotten together through a dating app but I think you hit like kind of the the main points, Martha. The same rules apply um, whether you're on the app or whether you meet a person, uh, met, whether you meet the person um, in person. Go ahead, Nick and Nush. Uh, we we know a few people who are in pretty successful relationships. Um, 
One's getting married in September off of dating apps uh, and some pretty serious relationships that are not married yet. Um, I, I just going with, with what Martha said, I, I, I just think that it's important to view the person that you're meeting as a person that you're meeting and not like jump to a potential husband or wife. Like, I think that if you're walking in to these apps and thinking I'm going to meet some new people and we'll see where these relationships go from there, then I think it can be a perfectly healthy thing. But if you're jumping in thinking like, this is my new boyfriend or girlfriend, then I think that you're opening yourself up to hurt and uh, some unhealthy, toxic relationships. So, um, yeah, I think it's just a matter of like the way you approach it and making sure that you're looking at it in the right light because there's no, I don't believe, I, personally, I'm not gonna say, <laughs> I'm not gonna say like it's, it's, it's accurate. Personally, I just don't believe an algorithm is gonna make sure everything between two people makes you perfect. So I think it can put you in touch with a lot of new, new people, new faces and new opportunities, but um, it's just how you approach the situation. Thanks. Thanks. All right, so I'm gonna jump to Dion. This next question is, how do you know when to let a relationship go? Um, how do you know when to let a relationship go? Um, one of the things I heard earlier was um, starting to compromise um, convictions or compromise your faith or your beliefs. Um, if you find yourself in a space where, you know, the relationship seems to be going well, you're enjoying each other's company, you have fun together, but some of those foundational beliefs, you're starting to get pushed um, by the other person to compromise um that's one of the, the ways you may know that it's time to start considering letting the relationship go um that because that can just lead to so much <laughs> damage and, and it leads you into being tempted to sin um and, and you don't you don't want to have that dynamic in your relationship um so i think that's one of the things um if things begin to get toxic um and when I say toxic, if there's ever a sense of some form of abuse, and I'm not even talking about physical, it could be verbal abuse, emotional abuse. Um, if, if you're starting to be torn down um, as a person uh, and you're starting to feel um, uh, like manipulated or um, things like that, where, where these kind of you know toxic um, dynamics start coming into play, um, that that's an instance where you can can know that it's it's time to start considering um letting that relationship go um if you can't communicate well if you find yourself not being able to communicate how you feel um or things that you, that's going on like if you feel like you have to hide things um if you feel like you can't just be vulnerable and transparent and honest um you have to you know um kind of not really show your true colors um, and, and start feeling like you're becoming another person that's like unhealthy. Um, those are different signs in, in, in how you know that it's time to relate, let a relationship go. 
Um, obviously, if there's like anything, I know we talked about non-negotiables earlier. Um, cheating <laughs> enters the fray, and I'm not saying that people can't find forgiveness and, and work through cheating because um, you can. But um, if, if if those type of things start entering into the relationship, um, that may be. Uh, and usually, if there's some kind of cheating taking place, there was some kind of underlying root root issue that led to that, and so. Um, if you find yourself not being able to deal with those things or talk about those things and be honest and communicate well, um, and if any kind of abuse and, and things like that, compromise, um, all those things, and there's probably a variety of other things that, that, that come into play that can cause you to start getting to the place where you determine, um, it's not good. Also, if you're, you're, you're not on the same page as far as where the relationship is going, um, like, like we've said earlier. Um, these relationships that you enter into as a Christian, they should have marriage in sight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so if, if somebody, if you've gotten into a relationship with someone that is playing about that, not serious about marriage, um, it's not really on their radar, um, then that's another sign that um, you should consider ending that relationship. So mm, That's good. That's really good. And um, it sounded like like a lot of stuff that you were identifying were these kind of red flags, basically in the like as you're talking to someone in a dating relationship, all that kind of stuff. Um, be be aware, honestly. Be look for red flags. That's what I was doing. I was looking for them. You gonna show? I'm searching because I'm gonna find some, and I'm gonna see what I what do I need to do based off of these you know red flags that I'm that I'm looking for um, instead of sort of just being blinded. Um, by just a lot of different things because my thing was I always kind of kept in my mind the way that the relationship is now it's going to be worse after marriage so not worse but like more difficult after marriage because that's when things actually start you know you got to actually work with this individual as your teammate and so if you're looking at your relationship now and it's I mean some people be going through it I'm like we are that is something 50 year old people who've been married for 50 years are like tackling and struggling you you've been married together for one year and y'all fighting these kind of battles and i'm like oh i don't know y'all gonna be in for a long run later on um and so you have to look at the relationship now and you know decide for yourself like like when it becomes even it's gonna become more difficult and you know more of a, a something that you all have to fight together later on after um, marriage hits and so um just decide you know you're in the decision phase you have the ability to choose and to decide but once you make that commitment that's when things you know you don't want to commit and then be like well you know this thing that you used to do i actually don't like it and you need to stop doing it um because now you've made that commitment uh before in that covenant before god one more thing i want to add to that too (laughs) Uh, I forgot. And it's a huge one. I don't know how I forgot this. (laughs) Um, Don't do your relationship in isolation. And what I mean by that is have people in your life, godly counsel in your life that can speak into your relationship that can, that you can talk to about that's not in the relationship. Obviously they're, they're outside. They may be a more mature believer, someone who's discipling you um, that you can share some of the issues that, that come up in your relationship with and be willing to receive godly counsel um, so that um, your decisions can be a form, uh, informed by someone outside of you 
that also has the Holy Spirit, that also is walking with the Lord, and that may be further along with you, uh, along than you in their faith. Um, and they can have like this panel, like we're trying to share our experiences and what we've you know, gone through and, and try to share it with those who are seeking. Um, and they can do the same thing. So have that godly accountability, people to know you, um, that you trust, that can speak into your relationship and give you wisdom and guidance as well. Um, and so I just wanted to add that too. Yes, thank you so much. I wrote that, I wrote accountability about 10, 15 minutes ago and I forgot <laughs> to get back to it. So thank you. Thank can, you I, can I chime in off of that? Yeah. Um, I'm glad he, I'm glad he, um, Dion, you said that because just to piggyback just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, one thing you have to do, you, you got to remember we're all humans. We're all, you know, individuals. We all have minds. We all have hearts and we all have barriers. So one important thing to, to kind of piggyback on what Dion says, give those people permission, make it clear to them that they have the permission from you and whoever you're dating to speak into your relationship. Sometimes people don't feel comfortable, you know, even though they're around, even though, you know, you have a godly um, unit around you, you have people who are, who are on fire for the Lord, who love God, who love Jesus, but we're still people. And people need permission to know that they can say this to you. And you're not gonna say, I'm, I'm done with you, I'm cutting you off. I'm... No, you gave me permission so now I'm going to speak life into your relationship. Or if I see something that's dangerous, I say, hey, brother, hey, sister, look, um, I'm seeing these behaviors coming. Remember, you gave me permission to speak into your relationship. And these are the things that I see that may be detrimental to where you want to go as a believer, to where you want to be. So that's very important to make sure that, you know, they have permission to speak into your relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Thank you, guys. That's good. Um, I'm gonna ask the next question to Andy, uh, who might be leaving us soon. So I wanted to go ahead and jump in and ask him this question. How long should the talking phase, whatever that is, last? How long is too long? All right, so, and it, it's funny because I've heard of people like talking for like, for two years, <laughs> maybe longer and stuff like that. I, I mean, personally, for me, I think as long as probably six months or so. Um, for me, already having been friends or knowing of the person um, plays a big part in who I pursue. But um, for someone who I haven't met, maybe um, I met through friends or something like that, I feel like, of course, it, you probably expect it to be longer or so. Um, I'd say too long is probably, I can't give an exact number, but probably somewhere past the year. Because I can see, I've, I know people who've done a year and the reasons they gave behind it were like, um, it's a complete stranger, um, things of that nature. Um, they don't go to the church. You don't see them that often, things like that. So it's like that, that I can understand. It makes um, sense. Um, but yeah, too, I, I'd say too long when you don't see, um, you're not getting answers for the direction of the relationship. So maybe you're asking the person or giving hints to the person of um, like getting, trying to understand like, what do you see? Um, coming next after this or basically trying to get something from them to um, 
basically sustain you for the rest of the, that talking phase. So that just knowing that um, you have a direction and you can feel that, but there's times when I know people who've been in that talking phase for about a year and then the person just never gave them hints or um, never wanted to talk about uh, moving on, taking that next step, like moving forward in the relationship. So it's like, if the person doesn't know the direction, then I'd say it's too long. Um, dodging the questions, um, dodging personal questions about um, when you're going to move forward or when do you feel comfortable moving forward, things of that nature. So if you're not getting answers like that, which are very important because you don't want to waste your time with a the person, then um, I'd say it's too long at that point. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like it's it's very dependent upon sort of your relationship with that person. So whether you were friends before, strangers, um, sounds like if you're feeling like you're you're kind of asking those questions. Well, what what are we? Where are we going? If you asking those kind of yeah. questions, then it might you know you might be hitting that whatever timeline that is um, for the talking phase, whatever that encompasses. Which okay. we could talk about that one. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I feel like it definitely, first of all, more than a, more than a year, two years talking to somebody, that's ridiculous to me, to be honest, because I don't know what you got to talk about for two years, but there's that, but, (laughs) and I know y'all see, if y'all on Instagram, y'all seen that mean about, like, years, dating for three years, what, that's like a whole relationship, like, no, but anyways, um, piggybacking off what Andy said, like, I feel like, if you are in a, if you're talking to a person because this is this is a phase where you're getting to know them and you're trying to figure out what it is that you guys are doing, and you know it comes up, you're you're in your heart feeling like man, like I, you know, want this to be official now. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to know where this is headed because I do not want to keep wasting my time talking to you if we are not on the same page or have the same intentions about the relationship. So it's okay, you know, even as a woman. Like sometimes we feel like we don't have the right to ask like what we're, what what this is what we're doing, and I'm like. No, I want to know what's you know, I'm because for me, I mean I'm I'm 28, so I'm like I was at an age I was just like I need to know exactly what where does this headed because like I'm not trying to you know prolong um you know talking to someone or wasting my time being with um being going through this talking phase it's not going anywhere like I'm not into like wasting people's time so I don't want you to waste your time I don't want to waste my time you know what I mean um so yeah go ahead and ask that person I mean the man that you you know you're talking to. What are we doing if they, he hasn't communicated to you exactly where it is this relationship is going? You know what I mean? You don't want to be in limbo and in confusion and just, you know, saying like, well, I thought we were together. Uh, how? <laughs> like, you never told me. You never asked me if I was your girlfriend or your boyfriend, you know, type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, it is okay to ask your significant other, well, the person that you're talking to, what it is that you're planning on doing um, in this relationship or where, where do you see us headed towards? Because like... I said, I don't, for me, like, I don't want to waste your time and I don't want you to waste my time. So, yeah, ask the questions. It's okay. And if you don't like the answer, you'll move, like, life goes on. You know what I mean? Like, at least you know. So, that's all I have to say. Yes. Be direct. Communicate. That's what I'm hearing. Be direct. Communicate. Because, um, honestly, this is your life. Like, <laughs> you don't want to play with your life in your future. Um, we have a submitted question. Um, and this is... This can be for anyone on the panel. Um, the question is, oh, I wrote my question, not theirs. Okay, so the question was, um, 
how do you, when do you tell someone that you are waiting for sex to have, you're waiting for marriage to have sex? Immediately. Quick chime in. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, that, that, that's all I wanted to say before I leave. That's Andy. Please. Yeah, please do it in the beginning, very beginning. Like, I'm not saying like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure if it should be like a first date type of thing, but I can also see like if you're someone who's planning on um, getting married and having kids, like that time frame is shorter for you, then I feel like it should be like one of those first date type of things. Otherwise, it, it otherwise it should still be one of the first things that should be talked about, at least when you have serious conversations. So yeah, uh, tell me now. All right, I'm out. All right, go to work. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> yep. My bad. My bad. I didn't mean to ask to unmute you, Andy. You can go. All right. Um, and I think that kind of goes back to the conversation that we had about being equally yoked and um, you all having sort of the same beliefs and same um, uh, sort of same interpretations and outlooks on the Bible as well, and your your uh, belief in Christ. Um, so those all kind of fall in line. So that sounds like the earlier, the better. Everyone seems to seems to agree on that. Um, my next question is maybe for some of the married folks on the panel. What advice, or actually married folks or uh, uh, div divorcees? Yes, people who have been divorced before. What advice do you have for someone who is married and their significant other now has new beliefs in, you know, whatever it might be? And this particular one is in like new age ideology. So things like the law of attraction, manifestation, um, uh, speaking to the ancestors and then responding back. Um, and so you, I think, do I need to give more examples? I think y'all got me. <laughs> So what do you do? You're married, and and this this has started to become um, something that you're you all as a couple are dealing with. So I'll I'll share a little bit um, of a thought on that. So I think it goes back to the initial conversation talking about being equally yoked, right? Mm -hmm. um, part of that is, and and you know the whole purpose of you know the whole dating boyfriend and girlfriend it, it, it's called discovery it's a simple word discovery means you're asking deeper penetrating penetrating questions to get to know that person because at the end of the day you date for the purpose mm -hmm. the end result of marriage right you don't date just because it's cool mm -hmm. now if somebody's dating just because it's cool run but if they're dating to get to an end result, which is marriage, then the purpose of dating for a believer is discovery, discovering who this person is. So in that discovery period, there should be certain things that you're learning about that individual and, and about how well they're rooted in what they believe, right? Because I don't know if you guys know about the relationship iceberg or relational iceberg to where, you know, what you see on the surface is one thing, but there are certain things governing and dictating who that person is. Uh, basically, what you're seeing on the outside, there's deeper things that are dictating, you know, those things. So I think during that discovery period, you should know certain things about that person 
but let's say you just missed them, right? You just really, you were enamored by this individual, you know, the, the teeth was beautiful, the face was beautiful, um, they said all the right things, and they got you. They got you, you know? Now you're married, you're stuck, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, you know, when I look at the stars, you know, I hear my ancestors speaking to me, you know? And they start with this, you know, crazy ideology. But let me tell you, do not attempt to change them because you can't change a dang person. You can't change anyone. What you can do is change yourself. Begin to root yourself deeper in Christ and pray them. I'm talking about pray for that situation because you need to deepen your patience. You need to deepen your own knowledge because you're going to have to help that person to process where they are so they can get back to the cross. Now, it's hard because you're already married. How do you help someone to rediscover their Jesus? Well, you got to know him even more. And then you have to begin to imitate and to put on Jesus so much so that whenever they see you, whenever they talk to you, whenever they interact with you, they are seeing Christ himself until, until Jesus does that work in their heart and they are transformed, they are changed, and they are, and they are now renewed according to their faith. But at the end of the day, if that happens in your marriage, in your relationship, well, not relationship, because if you see that in your relationship, you run. That's <laughs> If you started with Jesus and now you're talking about Allah, run. If you started with Jesus and now you're talking about, oh, yeah, me and the universe are one. So really, the universe is God. So once we make, you know, become part of the universe, we're God too. Run. Run. Stop playing games. And Dion, what that means is don't play no games. Run. Don't play with them. Run. But if you're in a marriage, you are called to be patient and to attempt to work it out. Now, if you get to the point to where this person's beliefs are now morally impacting you, causing moral issues in your home, then at that time, you're going to have the right to step away and to break that marriage, break that union, because this person is causing a moral issue in your house. So, yeah. Yes. Yes, I'm here for it. And I like the breakdown between if this is occurring before marriage and if it's occurring after marriage. Uh, before marriage, you have the choice to run. Like, you feel free. This is me running out of this, okay? I'm out of here. Disappear. Um, but then after marriage, it, it has a lot more um, difficulties and uh, a lot more responsibilities attached to it. Um, so I'm, pri I'm prioritizing in the questions, some of the questions that are being submitted sort of impromptu, because we'll always have the questions that I sent you all as panelists. So if we needed to make a part two or anything like that, we have those. Uh, so I know I had like a lot of questions for you all that I'm actually not answering those kind of asking those questions. But just to know, um, I'm prioritizing the ones that are coming in kind of impromptu because it makes it feel like it's more of a, a discussion flowing, which is kind of more difficult to do via Zoom. Um, so one question that came up uh, as an impromptu question was, if the red flags, and I guess this could be um, towards you, Dion, since you started talking about um, some of these kind of red flags that were popping up, if the red flags are seen in your relationship or marriage, such as verbal abuse, lack of respect, um, et cetera, are they redeemable or should you walk away? And to anyone, but I think Dion, I'll let you go ahead and answer first. Okay, is this uh, 
are we saying prior to marriage or while you're in marriage? Um, we can do sort of both, because uh, I think it has both in there. So in the relationship or in marriage, I'm guessing both. Yeah. Um, so um, prior to marriage, um, like we said, I mean, you have the freedom to walk away, run <laughs> um, when these things start showing up. Um, now, you can talk about them. I mean, you, you, you know, you don't have to as soon as you see them, not say anything and just leave. You don't have to do that um you you but you know you can have communication about this you can talk to this person like i said if you have other people that you've invited um given permission um to to speak into your life and they're helping you walk through this um you can you can try that um and it's counseling in a sense you know you can try having other people speak into that um but at the end of the day if you're not married um you have the freedom even if you're already engaged. And, and, and that's one of the things too, uh, I do wanna say like engaged, <clears throat> that that's more serious, uh, obviously, but um, you still, if these things start showing up there, it's better to walk away if, if that, it's irredeemable at that point or if it can't be reconciled, it's better to walk away at that point instead of feeling like you're, you're, you're in it now. Like you, so you have to go the rest of the way, you have to go ahead and get married. I and mean, if that stuff starts showing up in that phase and that engagement period. Um, but so, yeah. Um, and then if you're married, um, it, it, it's, it's more, uh, it's more difficult. Um, and it's more complicated. Um, you have to look to scripture to see, okay. Um, there are certain things, um, in scripture that allow for divorce. Um, it doesn't mean that God is for divorce. Um, but there are certain things that come up, um, after you're already married, that God will allow for divorce, um, although divorce is not the um, preferred, <laughs> it's not, the, not necessarily what God would want the most. But, um, you know, adultery, if that, you know, came up, um, that's one of those allowable um, reasons for divorce. You can still, like I said, we, you can work through these things. You can attempt to reconcile. You can attempt to count, be counseled through it and work through it. Um, but sometimes... Uh, it's not you can't get to that point of reconciliation and um it leads to divorce um and abandonment um abandonment of like if you are finding yourself in that situation where you're unequally yoked where you find this person that you have solid faith and this person comes bringing these new age beliefs or they start revealing things um now you're you're in that situation where you're unequally yoked and for the christian the christian is called to be patient to pray through this, to hopefully win them over um, with your um, with your faith in a sense, um, with your um, willingness just to love them well. Um, but there can be instances where the believe the unbeliever will abandon the believer, and that's allowance for divorce. If, if the the unbeliever leaves the believer, now the believer is not necessarily supposed to leave the unbeliever, but it works, if it works the other way around, that's, that's a grounds for divorce. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that's some of the ways I'll speak in, into that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you so much for answering that. Are there any um, panelists who want to chime in on that? With the question being, um, uh, if you see red flags in the relationship before getting married and or see red flags after the relation after you're married um, 
is are they are there things um, that make it redeemable or should you walk away? And if not, I will move on to the next question. Um, and for everyone who might have just come on or logged off and came back on, feel free to either send me any questions that might pop up or um, send, it, send it to the group if you're fine with everyone seeing it, or you can send it to me um, or any of the sort of youth leaders, um, YAM leaders, so Florence, Josie, and they'll get it to me so that I can ask the questions for you anonymously. All right. Um, so my next question is gonna be for Anuka and Achilles. Let me start asking some of the questions that I actually, that we had on here. How honest is too honest? And I'm assuming that this question is in like the, the getting to know each other phase, the relationship phase, dating phase, um, and I guess in marriage. So how honest is too honest? Okay, so <laughs> there is no such thing as being too honest, mm. but, but there is such a thing as being too honest too early. Okay. So, Everything about you doesn't have to be like general knowledge or information that you want to just spill about. Um, so it does take time, commitment, and conversation, excuse me, that leads to experience. And that experience will give you that, um, that comfortability and that determines what you want to share. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that question can kind of be deceiving a little bit because you're not totally being like you know withholding information right but you don't want to just spill your whole you know whole life story like oh i had this amount of sex parties you know i'm having a mental disorder you know i i'm struggling with my family right now like you don't want to put that all out you want to refrain mm -hmm. so definitely it's time commitment and conversation i believe yeah and um and and just to like kind of piggyback off that you know um time is so important in getting to know someone and because it allows you to have the, the proper exposure to someone's attitude, um, to their behavior, to their language, how they speak. You know, um, Andy said something earlier. He said like respect, like, you know, he, don't call me out of my name. You know, time allows you to get to know these things. And I, I, I like to use the word discovery, right? Because you want to learn some basic things about them, basic beliefs, um, basic, um, ideas of who they are. Um, you want to get some of those surface things covered because if not, then you're going to deal with problems later on. And and so again, you know, when you're talking about is honest to honest, well, again, it, it determines. It, 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 it's like, do you have the right time? Have you exposed yourself to this person mm -hmm. enough? And, and ultimately, right, are you committed to this person? Are they committed to you? Because through time, you get that, right? You, you learn how important are you to this person and how important are they to you and whether or not you need to keep going deeper and ultimately you know like that conversation needs to be happening you know as you converse through that time you learn about these commitments um you learn about what's important to that person and if you are if you fall in line and you are important to them then you, you could start revealing some deeper things because like Luca said i mean you can't just you start spilling the beans um, because some people may not take it well. They may have had experiences where, you know, you're like, man, I struggle with anger. Well, I mean, she was just beat in her last relationship. Oh, it's over. <laughs> I mean, you can't come out with that 
there has to be some context to what you're sharing and time, their level of commitment to you, the conversations that you have kind of determine all that. So it's not about, you know, it, you know, it's too early, you know, but it's, you know, it can be too early too soon. You got to wait till you develop that experience with the person in order to kind of, you know, share those things. So, you know, um, yeah. So it's, the, it's basically your comfort level would tell you when you can share, how you can share and what you should share. And that's being honest when you actually do that. Yeah. You know, and we love a, we love a passage in um, Proverbs um, 10, 9, 10, 9 that says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found. And if you think about it, like when you are trying to keep the right information from someone, time will reveal the truth. Yeah. So don't try to hide who you are, but get to know that person, gain experience with that person to understand when to share and what to share and allow the level of your comfort and the commitments that you're making to each other. Like Andy was saying, I mean, where are we at? Uh, it's been two years. We still talking. I mean, we haven't moved on yet. Like allow the level of commitment to grow. So then the, then, then the information can grow. Then you could share more Then you could. It's not that you're being too honest. You're kind of exposing, you're letting things be known about you. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. I like that reframe on the, the question. Um, it's not that you're, you can't be, I don't know, there's no such thing as too honest. I like that. I like that. It's more about when to kind of disclose that information and based off of the com comfortability level. That's good. That's good. So my next question is for Nick and Noosh. Um, how will you know when you have found the right person? I'm assuming that means the person you are to marry. I said, do you want to go? Oh, so I think that, um, let me answer first. I think we've been talking about some red flags and having some certain uh, standards that we have to set as uh, young believers so making sure that we're dating other young believers and um beyond that like we, we all already talked about discernment and having other things that we know qualify christians from other christians because not like all christians should date each other um but yeah i mean i, th I think that you should be attracted to this person i think it should be a person that you're able to have a conversation with and somebody you vibe with and eventually come to a point that um, you feel like you can see yourself having a future with that person. Um, but, you know, I've, I've had multiple conversations with young guys who are about to take the leap um, of like proposing and trying to ask like, should I do it? Is it time? Is this the right one? So on and so forth. I think that, uh, like love at first sight is a myth. I, I don't, I don't believe in that. I, I don't believe there's anybody that you're going to find that's just like perfect on all fronts. And like, this is the person that's for, nor do I believe that there's only one person that God has designated for you. And if you miss it, it's all over. Right. Like, I think there's like some people like, Oh, I had this one guy and like, he was perfect and I let him go and I'll, I'll never find somebody else. Like that's, that's not, I don't think that's true at all. I think that there's people that um, 
work well with each other and you know you, you meet them and like i said you feel like you can spend your time your life with them but love is a choice each and every day you wake up it's choosing to be right be good to this person choosing to um uh treat this person a certain way and uh like i think that is something that you have to understand like manushka knows i'm not perfect i know that she's not perfect but I take the good and I accept the bad. And that's how I'm happy with my decision about the person that I chose to marry. Mm. But I choose to love her every day. Um, and it has to be something that's mutual. Like she has to choose to love me every day too. Mm. I agree with him. Um, I feel like in the process of us dating, um, I had a conversation with my mom and she had the conversation with Nick already about marriage. And she's like, um, how do you know that you're ready? How do you know, like, this is the person for you? And I was just like, he's the person that, like, I can lean on. He's the person that I'm growing with and then is also supporting me. And so it's like, if I can't see those qualities in him and knowing that this is going to be the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, then it's like, you need to stop and think. But for me, it's like, okay, this is the person that I'm madly in love with. This is the person that on my good and bad days, he's always there to support me. And so it's like, I knew for me, like that was the right step for me. And that was the right move for us. Mm. That's good. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that was good. That's really good, y'all. Uh, <laughs> did anyone want to chime in, Martha? Yes, I yeah, did. Go ahead. Um, Oh, right. Ask the question again, because I feel like I... Yes, no problem. Yeah. Um, how will you know when you have found the right person? Oh, yeah. Okay. So piggyback off of what um, Pastor Kiss and Nick and Noosh were, are saying, um, for me, because like I said, we are talking about Christian dating and um, um, what that looks like in the long run as well. That is... I guess God showed it to me. That is kind of the reason why I named the panel Dating in 2020, looking at the bigger picture, because there is a bigger picture that you have to have in mind when you are dating someone and, you know, wanting to start a relationship in which prayerfully goes into marriage, right? It's like this person that you're with, um, as Christians, you know, our future families are also going to be representatives of Christ as well, right? So you want to have, to be with a person that you know is going to be able to disciple into, disciple and raise your kids in the, in the ways of the Lord, you know, who's going to, you know, have, be intentional about building that foundation within the home because, you know, the Bible does says, you know, we are called to make disciples in the first place. You honestly start to do that. Ministry work is in your home, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you're, you are, you know, you're with someone and you, you can't see them raising your future kids you know, raising them up in the ways of the Lord, you know, teaching them and instructing them about the Bible and what it looks like to be a God-fearing man and woman one day, you know, you're kind of missing the point because it, it goes beyond just you. You know, there are generations that are impacted by the decisions that you're making um, by marrying a certain person or being with a certain person. You know what I mean? So you want to be intentional and prayerful, prayerful about that. And that's why you, like you said, it's, you know, the answer too. it's important to look at those red flags because you don't want to compromise in certain areas of the relationship now where it will show up in your relationship, not only your marriage, but in your, um, with your kids, you know what I mean? There are certain, um, 
environments that your children should not be growing up in that are not, you know, that are healthy and that are just, you know, disruptive, you know, to them seeing what a godly marriage looks like, you know what I mean? And so you want to be, like I said, mindful and prayerful about establishing that, you know, having that bigger picture in mind when you are dating someone, um, because it impacts, like I said, future, your future generations that are coming after you and modeling what a king, like a godly marriage look like, looks like and you know how that should be displayed within their home um first and foremost so um that's all i gotta say mm. that's it right now that is it right there yes generations are depending upon the choices that you make with um sort of who you choose to marry generations y'all hear me okay <laughs> yes Martha. i love it um <laughs> The next uh, question I have, um, let's see, this one? Okay. All right. Um, it's going to be for Nick and Noosh, but it'll, everyone can, of course, chime in on the panel. This one is a little bit more specific. The question is, how do you navigate through a romantic relationship in a church setting? <laughs> so... Um church slash Haitian setting. I'll make it even more specific. <laughs> um, for us, we wanted it to be um, private at first. And so we wanted us to have a solid foundation as um, a couple. And so it was talking and then courting. And then when things got serious and we were actually boyfriend, girlfriend, we still <laughs> didn't decide to let the church know until, um, you know, a pastor decided to let the church know. <laughs> and so um, at that point, it, it felt okay for him to say that. But for, um, for me, it was just like, um, he was intentional in me, letting me know, like, this is what he wants. And I was also intentional letting him know, like, this is what I, I want out of the relationship. And so until so we were both on the same page and moving forward and we were on common ground and we had like a solid foundation, then it was like, okay, you know, I don't mind people knowing, but if say going back and we were letting everyone know at church, I feel like it would be intentional knowing like, this is the person that I'm with. This is what I'm looking for. I'm not entertaining other things or other people. And so um, that was like uh, an important thing for us. We're, we're pretty private. And so um, we don't mind sharing like what goes on between us, not like arguments or anything, but like good things and bad things that are going on in our life. We um, like to have like our community around us. And so it's good to have like your church family with you. But just starting off, you just want to kind of tread lightly and, yeah, just be intentional for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think um, being a part of uh, the community that we grew up in, it's, it's wonderful to be, have those people around you that feel like family. Um, sometimes those people are... Um, curious about what you what's going on in your life and have a lot of opinions about what's going on in your life and that's that's part of family right and that's that's an okay thing um but uh just just harping on again just 
the intention. Um, like we grow up with each other and so we get to know each other and are friends with each other. And um, generally, oftentimes in relationships, when you start them and they don't end well, like it kind of, it hurts the family. Like everybody feels it. Like it's not just like the two of you, the whole community is like involved and like, oh my God, can you believe this and that? Blah, 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 blah. And like it, it's a whole thing. I've been through that, like, and it's not fun. I, I can tell you that it's not fun to like get in one and end it and it's, it's, it's not great. Um, so just using the community aspect of the, of the church to get to know somebody well before you like jump into any, a courtship of anybody, I think is extremely important and making sure that the intention of that courtship uh, is something serious uh, can mitigate a lot of issues that you'll have um, dating in that environment because uh, all the family that's curious, all they wanna know is like, hey, like where's this going? And if the answer is like, yo, like we've been talking for a long time and I think this is gonna, you know, be somebody that we look to make, like they're just gonna be, they're gonna be thrilled for you. Nobody's gonna have anything negative to say. Most people are not gonna have anything negative to say. Uh, so yeah, just being intentional and then um, keeping it private at first is, is probably good advice. And not forever, uh, but until you're ready to court, like getting to know somebody and then until you're ready to court, I think that's, that's good advice to keep it private. Yeah, can I, can I chime in? Yes, please. Yeah, so I, I think something that um, you said, Nick, that's so important, I just kind of want to emphasize it just a little bit. Um, you know, when you are dating in a church setting, um, something that can happen is those opinions that Nick said. You know, imagine, you know, you know church leader, A, B, C, and D, church patriarch, A, B, C, and D, church parents, A, and B, friends a friends b i'm just giving you some variables right they feel like you two are the perfect couple right and so now you start dating because you hear that so much you believe that you guys are a perfect couple so as you're progressing in the relationship there may be certain things that you might find you don't really like about this person but there's so much outside pressure from the church that you guys are perfect for each other you may begin to deny some of those things. So you have to be careful dating in the community because you can't let the community dictate your future together. Now, respect the community because community knows you and maybe that other person, but don't allow the community to become such a powerful force that it dictates whether or not you move forward with this person. Because honestly, Pastor A, B, C, and D may think individual D and F are perfect together, right? but it doesn't mean you are actually perfect together. I may believe that as a pastor, I may say, oh my gosh, you two will make a great couple. But the minute you start speaking to one another, you start getting to know one another, eh, not really. We might look good together, but we don't pair well together. So don't let the community dictate, you know, give them room to share, to help you, to, to guide you, but don't allow them to dictate because the same way that community will dictate you into marriage, they will dictate in your marriage. Be careful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Pastor. This actually flows right in well into this next question, which is 
um, with seeking counsel, uh, people who are wise, who can provide accountability, how do you choose people to help counsel? Um, and also how many people do you have to, you know, in your support system who um, are close counsels to um, your relationship? Whether starting off the relationship or um, marriage. Um, I think it's good to have um, a couple that knows you and is probably further ahead than you. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, for us, we've been married four years. Like, it would be good for us to talk to people that have been married for a decade. Some people that have had similar experiences and can speak to some of the things that we're going through. Um, I think it's always good to have friends around you that feel that people in your circle that feel comfortable talking to you. But I think counsels sort of like lends itself to somebody who has some wisdom to offer. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that sense, I think it's good to be able to speak to somebody that's a little bit older um, that can uh, sort of speak into your life and speak to some of the things that you're dealing with at, uh, at the moment. I also think that um, you also have to be careful with how many people you seek to counsel. Um, you, you don't want a lot of people giving you advice. And then uh, with that, it's like with more people, it's different advices that you're getting. Mm -hmm. And so um, one thing in marriage counseling that they talked to us about was um, not leaning or letting people into your marriage. It's like, you can seek that counseling and, and hope that they give you good advice back, but you also have to be cautious that there may be people that aren't there rooting, rooting for like your marriage to be good. And so you have to be like very careful of like who you're letting into your relationship. And one more note, um, it's better to not choose people that you're related to. Mm -hmm. um, or people that like were her friends and not my friends, because, you know, my parents are going to tend to side with me, mm -hmm. regardless of whether I'm right or wrong. And her best friends are most likely going to side with her, regardless of whether she's right or wrong. You want to choose people that are, have some sort of neutrality. And maybe you guys met them at the same time or whatever the case may be, but you don't want um, subjective opinions in your marriage because it's gonna to start to weigh on the other person that's being voted down every single time. Mm -hmm. And it's not just that either, it's the fact of um, now that you're sharing this information and they're very close to you, now they may look at that person in a different light. Yeah. And so um, for a while we had like a relative like talk to us about their spouse and it's just like, you know, now when I talk to that spouse, I'm just like, you know what, I'm kind of looking at them differently because mm -hmm. you shared this opinion of them. And I'm just like, kind of hard not to think about it because it was brought up to me but it's like you have to put boundaries on certain um relationships if you're going to combine one more thing okay. <laughs> Go ahead, bounce. uh i i think it's good or i think it's important to speak to people whoever you're going to speak to whether it's a couple or one person at the same time mm. uh, it's um if I'm telling my side of the story, it's, it's going to be jaded. It's always going to be jaded. And it's, it's better for us to speak at the same time because we're working through the issue at the same time versus somebody telling, telling me 
Yeah, you're, you're right. I think she's wrong about that. That's not helping us work anything out. Because it, what's true and honest is it doesn't matter who's right. What matters is making sure that we're on the same page. So uh, being able to go to counsel together is, is really important. Mm -hmm. mm, that's good. Any other um, comments on counseling, choosing wise counsel, those kinds of things? If not, it's fine. All right, so um, it's about 3.45. This might be our last question, might not be, we'll see. Um, but it's a good one. It's a juicy one, I love it. Um, how, this question, I guess we'll start with Anuka and Aquilas, Um, but I definitely want the opinion, honestly, of everybody on the panel. How does a person balance a new relationship um, or going into their marriage when they or the other person has already had kids, um has maybe been divorced um has possibly experienced like serious heartbreak so those kinds of things so going into a relationship with this knowledge that this person has um this background or you have that background okay so i'll start um i would say all in the context of the christian aspect because that's where we are coming from um most importantly is pray pray and hold on to patience Cover your mind with the truth and fill your heart with love because it's going to take a lot, a lot of work, <laughs> a lot. And the work is the, the prayer and the patience. The prayer is that when you have the fulfillment in Jesus Christ first, you have to have that, like we all talked about, the foundation. We have to have the foundation in Christ. You have to have that close relationship with Christ. You can't find it in him. You can't find it in her. That's not your God. Who is your God? is Christ, because Christ is everything. And if you're focused on Christ and he is seated on the throne, um, the seated in your heart, <laughs> then you have the strength to endure all the, um, and many of the complex issues as the band of family, because we are a band of family, that will bring even a divorce or remarriage or even a previous, excuse me, um, serious heartbreak. So prayer is needed for you first, for you to grow and also to mature in your faith mm -hmm. and that patience and patience also um brings oh, excuse me i just lost my train of thought <laughs> well patience bring you the patience allows you the time and the and the growth that god will allow to fix that other person mm -hmm. prayer is to help you but it allows the patience for you to let God work in that other person. Because mm -hmm. with a branded family, it, uh, it's very important. And the most critical opponent is the health and the development of everyone in the family. You have to have that. Because, um, for example, like for me, um, being the youngest of six, my mom was a single mother. Of course, I knew my dad. You know, I... I, I overcame and healed with my daddy issues, okay? But um, um, my mom was always fixed on discipline. I didn't have that love or anything like that. So when coming into a family that already had a child, it's like all I knew was uh, correct, correct, correct. It wasn't that pour out that love first. She needed that love first, give that love first. And then he already did the discipline. He did all of that because he's the father. So he already did that. I just had to do the um, the love. So that prayer and that patience. Yeah, and um, and so 
you know, I, I think what the point that you were diving into is that, you know, prayer fixes you, right? Prayer is about you, right? Patience is about some, someone else. Mm -hmm. So you want to pray that God works on you while you're giving patience to allow God to work on them. It's so important in blended family because there's so many different opinions. There's so many different things that are going on. And so you definitely need to pray and ask the Lord to kind of help you to understand the needs of everyone in the house. Um, for instance, like there are certain needs that my wife has. Now there are certain needs that my daughter has from my wife who is not her natural blood mother. But there, those needs can only be seen if she is praying, if she is seeking God and asking God to help her to see what the needs of this young girl who is not her natural daughter. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And then for me as a father, I have certain needs of her as my wife in relationship to her, to my daughter. Mm -hmm. It gets very complicated because honestly, it wasn't supposed to be that way. Let's be real. It was not supposed to work out that way. However, because I broke from God, I decided to do it my own way. I decided to reject Jesus and I went after relationships the way I saw it. Here I go with a kid. Now I'm in Christ. I love the Lord. But now I bring this child into a marriage with me and completely change the dynamic. The day we got married, we became an instant family. <laughs> and she so, actually came in our counseling session. Yeah, she actually came to oh, actually with her. We're already a family. We're already a family. It, it just completely changed the dynamic. So I think I go back to what um, um, my wife was saying that um, patience gives you um, the ability to collaborate as parents, to, to unite in action, to, to give the room someone else needs, to disagree, to disagree with love. Because um, I, think, I think it was mentioned earlier that we're not perfect. And when you bring that imperfection into something that is broken, I mean, without patience and prayer, oh, it's going to end in a disaster. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that prayer and that patience, they go hand in hand to help a blended family. It's literally yeah, the vehicle that, that allows love to work. Because if there is no prayer, fixing of yourself, there's no patience allowing others the room and the time they need for God to fix them. And man, there's no way love happens because Nick, Nick said it earlier, love is a choice. It's yeah. a daily active commitment towards that person and sacrifice. Like you are choosing. I choose you today. I wake up the next morning. I choose you today. I wake up the next morning. I choose you today. That's love. Loving it isn't this bubbly feeling that you feel in your, in your stomach and in your heart. I love you. No, that's not love. That's, yeah. that's life. That's attraction. And there's nothing wrong with those things. Those bubbly feelings, that's, that's like, you know, sometimes it's, hey, we lust too. I mean, I lust after my wife. Sometimes she has the right outfit on or, or the water is glistening off her chest, right? It's a little bit of lust, but it's, but it's what you call holy. It's holy. It's not evil in its intention in nature, right? There's a little bit of that, but that's not love. Love is action. Mm. Love is a sacrifice. It's a commitment towards the other person. It's intentional. So if we don't have patience and we don't have prayer, meaning you're working on yourself 
and allowing room for the other person, there's no environment for love to take place. There's no vehicle for love to work. And for women, we, we got to get on our knees and pray for our men, uh, for our husband. <laughs> I'm speaking in the context of marriage yeah. um, for our yeah. husband because only God can change. Um, not saying like his whole personality or who he is, but only God can change. Like if you're upset with him or something and you know he, you know you're right, but he's wrong, you go to prayer and you're like, Lord, you know what it is. You know exactly what's going on. You know how I'm feeling and everything like that. God will humble his heart and he will come to you. He will apologize. He will love on you even more. And he will see his wrong. You don't have to say, babe, you're wrong about that. No, go to prayer. Piggyback on that, please stop identifying mm -hmm. each other's wrongs. Yeah. yeah. Nick, I think Nikki, Nikki said it. It's not about who's right. Yeah. Because if you make it about who's right, you will begin to defend mm -hmm. constantly in the midst of, of dis disagreement, right? Mm -hmm. So you need patience to learn that it's not about you being right. It's mm -hmm. to allow the person this the room they need to either figure things out, to get it right, or to even humble themselves and say, you know what? You know what? I, I, I saw that the wrong way. Yeah. So that's really big. Don't seek about, you know, who's right, who's wrong. Because again, going back to what we're saying, the question about balancing it all, dealing with these blended families, you got to pray. You got to deal with yourself. And you got to allow room for the other person to deal with themselves. But you got to allow God to work on that, you know? So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Wow, that was really, really good. Um, any other comments on um, the question about sort of just different back, coming together after having different backgrounds in the relationship, um, whether you're divorced, had a child, um, previous like sexual history, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll speak into that um, from the divorce perspective. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, when the divorce takes place, um, that's a, a, a traumatic separation. Um, that's, that's a very painful process. Um, and so even for the, for a divorced person to even begin to get to a place to be able to engage a new relationship, there's a tremendous amount of healing that has to be done. Mm. Um, but not only healing of separation, because just because the papers say you're divorced doesn't mean you're not tied still emotionally or whatever the case may be at a heart level that has to be that has to be undone as well and that has to be processed as well and so um making sure before you step into a new relationship that you've untangled yourselves um not just in practical things like houses and finances and all that kind of stuff but at a heart level you've you've separated where you can freely move on and give your all to someone else. Um, that is vitally important uh, on a practical level um, with, with me and Martha. I, I wanted to be honest to her and give her the space to ask me all the questions that she wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, if she had questions about my divorce, my previous relationship, I wanted to make it clear that she could ask me those questions, like feel free to do that. And the only way that I was able to do that is I had made that clean separation so that I could talk freely about those things when the questions arrived, uh, came up. So um, that was a vitally important part of that process as well is, is giving space for, if you're the one bringing 
that into the relationship, you just call it baggage or whatever. If you're the one bringing that into the relationship, um, we all have baggage, but if you're the one bringing that kind of dynamic into the relationship, um, just being willing to open the door for questions and to make sure that they feel comfortable um, that with the fact that you've moved on um, and that you're really going to be able to give them um, all of yourself um, and not still having lingering things um, in the past. Mm, that's good. That's good. And I think um, to piggyback off of that, like you want to be open, like you're saying, because you want to give that person the opportunity to ask those questions and to reflect um, because that this is your reality, you know, whether you've had a child, whether you have been divorced, like that's, that's not going to go away. It's not as part of your history. And so even on your end, like wanting, you know, to be with someone who understands that, um, because that is, um, when you go into marriage, you have to like be in agreement with one, with one another on, um, sort of, you know, where are you going to go from there? Um, and having all of the information that you need to make a, to be in full consent to agree to marriage. And so that makes a lot of sense, both on the person um, who's not bringing, I guess, not bringing that in, but also on your end, because that's, you want someone who's going to accept your child. You want someone, you know, who is going to um, understand your previous relationships and, you know, what you went through. And so it's good for both people to be able to talk about that communication um, and ha having those serious conversations or relationships. Um, and that's what those earlier stages, not earlier, but like, the, that's what those earlier courtship dating stages are for. Um, all right, so it is 3.58, y'all. That is going to be our last question for today. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, everybody, for coming. This was like our first kind of um, virtual event as far as um, the singles ministry and the uh, young adult ministry. And so we're just so glad with the turnout. We're so glad with the questions that everyone um, asked, um, whether you sent it to me or to um, the group as a whole, um, submitted it through the registration. Um, and I know we weren't able to get to every single question, but we, you know, we might review it and see if we need to come back with another one or um, what to do from there. I would also like to thank all of the panelists who are able to speak today. So Manushka, Nikki, Pastor Akilis, Anuka, Dion, Mirtha, Andy. Thank you guys so, so much for being so open, so honest, uh, for just answering the questions, for considering, of course, that, that this is all in the context of our Christianity and really providing wisdom and um, just a space for us to ask these kind of questions. Thank you so much um, for just being willing with your various backgrounds, because that's something that was so important to us was like, we were like, okay, we need, we need every kind of perspective that we can get in this um, group. Um, I wanted to thank Mirtha and the YAM committee for bringing the suggestion to the singles ministry for um, really working together so that we can make this event what it was. Um, I took away a whole bunch of stuff and a whole bunch of notes. I got my little notepad there. Um, and I'm just so glad that you all came and hopefully you all got something out of it. Um, please let us know. You can um, 
send us a message, a DM on Instagram um, to either the Yams or the Tailful Singles Ministry. If you're like, what you liked about the event, what you what you wished um, you could have had more of, what went well, what could have gone better, feedback, so that um, you know we can have more of this. Because if we're able to do it virtually, we're able to kind of reach out to more people, you know, who might be in our church, outside of our church, um, our community at large, our Christian community at large. And so we're just so thankful um, for you all for coming and uh, being so involved as you guys were. So with that being said, I believe Flo, Martha, Josie, do you guys want to add anything or say anything? Oh, go okay. ahead. Flo. Real quick, uh, thank you guys so much for coming. It means a lot. I know it's a Sunday afternoon. I know that there are other things you could be doing, but I know that I was blessed by this. I really pray that you were. KJ said it best. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our panelists, you know, for your transparency. I just said that, especially in like the body of Christ and being followers of God, like being able to be transparent with each other, honest with each other about our experiences and advice and just being able to openly talk just brings us closer together and brings us closer to Christ. But for that, I'm so grateful. Um, there will be a survey coming out to all of you this afternoon just on your opinion of how today went, you know, give us your honest feedback. If you'd like to see a part two, everything like that, we would just, it'll just help us to create more and more things that best cater to you and your needs. And again, we thank you. We thank the singles ministry, KJ and Rafi, you know, we really do appreciate each and every person in this call and God bless. That's all I had. So thank you so much for having us. We was humbled to, have, to be here. Thank you. Thank you guys for agreeing to be here. <laughs> All right, so with that being said, I think I'm gonna ask Pastor Achilles to close us out in prayer. La paix de Dieu avec nous. Amen, amen. amen. <laughs> I ain't gonna do Dion like that. <laughs> Um, we'll go ahead and um, we'll bow our heads and we'll pray. And it's just, you know, amazing that we get to do things like this. And honestly, you know, my, my wife and I, we spent four months in um, counseling before we got married. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the most amazing things because, you know, even through our own personal conversation, we didn't know certain things to ask each other. Mm -hmm. And this kind of environment, listening to all these different questions and, and thoughts and and concerns that people may have before they get married it helps you to kind of ask the right things so i hope you take away one thing is is you know you probably need to talk more to whoever you're dating and you're going to need to learn to ask things um different ways because uh certain questions register differently and 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 result in different answers so learn to ask things different ways and uh, you'll be surprised what you learn about someone and um at the end of the day it's for your future and theirs so yeah, let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Definitely, Father, we just thank you so much um, for your presence. Um, thank you, God, that you um, allowed everyone, all the panelists here today, to, to speak from their heart, oh God. Thank you that they were able to share their, their experiences with us, and we were able to share our experiences with all those who are um, participating, listening. Um, Father, I ask for a special blessing to all the singles, Father. 
Um, those who are dating right now as well, Father, I just pray that you draw their heart nearer to you more than anything, Father. Help their greatest desire to be the, imi the imitators of Jesus rather than simply seeking for a partner or, 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 or a, a husband or a wife, because at the end of the day, um, joy does not come through man, but joy comes through he who has saved us, Father. So help everyone here as they grow personally, um, help them to desire a, a depth in you, to thirst after you, because it is in you that you will reveal who they should be with, Father. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, our greatest desire is not to be partnered or, or united or, or in oneness with someone else, but it's to be in oneness with you. Father, help us um, to grow spiritually every single day. Um, help us to deepen our own, own understanding and knowledge of your word. Um, help us to become practitioners of your righteousness and your truth. Mm -hmm. And that way you can continue to show us favor and blessing, Father. Um, help us to fall in love with you all over again, Lord Jesus. Help us to remember that you are our first love above all things. Mm -hmm. And that way our commitments are never blinded. Our commitments are never confused or blurred because we know you are our first love because if we love you we're going to keep your word true in our lives and we're going to keep our words true your word true in our relationships with others father thank you for this moment and all those who may be concerned father about their future mates father i just pray that you just continue to reveal truth to them father and to let them know they are fearfully and wonderfully made and they are complete and full in you that they need no one to complete them because you are the one who has done so. Father, help everyone, oh God, who is struggling with loneliness, Father, to just turn to you for comfort, Father. And I just pray um, that we are able to just continue this conversation and to continue to grow our own knowledge in you that we may glorify you with all that we do, Father. Thank you for this moment together. As we leave and we depart from here, Father, cover us, um, give us blessing, um, open opportunities for us, and just continue to help us to see things through your perspective, oh Lord. And we pray these many things, not because we're worthy, not because we have any right or merit, but it's by the blood of the Savior, the King Eternal. And in Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. 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 Yay. All right. Thank you guys so much. And uh, be on the lookout for our survey. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. God bless. God bless. Very